side of the uh, green insert in your worship folder. The sermon text for this morning is the first lesson that you heard read from Genesis chapter 22, verses 1 through 18. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, this was the child you had been waiting for for more than two decades. But you were patient because God promised he would come. You were ecstatic when you heard that little boy's first cry and got to hold him in your arms. That little child was a living, breathing example of how God always keeps his promises. A number of years later, you're tucked in bed at night when God comes to you with a message. He tells you that you're to take that same son and go away on a trip, but only you are going to come back. Not only will that child's life be ended, you're going to be the one to end it. How do you even begin to process something like that? Today we have a front and center seat to watch Abraham as he goes this through this very serious and difficult situation. And it's important for us to watch carefully. Because the way Abraham handles this situation will help us handle anything that we have to face in our lives. And we're going to see, no matter how things might look at times, the Lord will provide. Imagine what was going through Abraham's mind. In the chapter before that of our lesson, God said this to him. It is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. God said that it was through Isaac's family that the Savior of the world would come. And now God was telling you to end that same child's life before he produced a child. Every part of Abraham's sinful flesh must have been screaming and fighting against him to say that this can't possibly be right. God's way can't be the only way. There's got to be another way. But we don't see that at all. We see this instead. Abraham got up early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him, along with Isaac, his son. Abraham split the wood for the burnt offering. Then he set out to go to the place that God had told him about. Amazingly, we don't see a struggle at all. Abraham got up early the next day, loaded up the donkey, and cut enough firewood to burn Isaac as a sacrifice. Then on the third day of their journey, Abraham looked off in the distance and he saw the mountain where all this was to take place. Abraham and Isaac left the servants behind that they had brought with them, and they went alone to the top of that mountain. Abraham carried the fire and the knife, while Isaac carried the wood. They came to the place that God had told him about. Abraham built the altar there. He arranged the wood, tied up Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slaughter his son. One quick cut, and his only child will be lying there dead. I'm not sure how Abraham 
was able to go through with it this far. I myself would have found it unbearable to, to put one foot in front of the other to keep moving forward. But how can something so extreme fit into our lives? How can being told to sacrifice your son like Isaac was possibly have anything to do with us in 2024? I mean, it's a great historical account of what really happened, but what does it mean for us? You know, you and I really face the same kind of things every single day. This really isn't about killing a child. This is about obeying God and doing God's will, even when it seems like it's the most difficult thing that we could do. If you're late to work again, you could be fired. So you get up early, get ready, and then a few things happen that are out of your control, and now you're late. You know that God wants you to obey the speed limit, but to get to work on time, you speed rather than leaving things in God's hands. You've seen some questionable things at work. You've heard people talking about them. But to this point, you've kept silent. But then being unethical falls on you to be unethical. And if you don't do it, you could be fired. Probably will be fired. But this is your only source of income. And you have a family to take care of. So you just go ahead and do it. You have a Christian friend who's moved in with their significant other. And you know that God wants you to talk to them that this is sinful and this is bad for your faith. But in order to not put your friendship in jeopardy, you just remain silent and let their soul stay in jeopardy. Money's tight. A lot of bills to pay. You're not sure how you're going to make it. But tax time is coming. So you decide to cheat on your taxes to get a bigger return rather than just trusting that God will provide. You see, the list could go on and on, but each and every day we're faced with either obeying God or disobeying God. And often we do the wrong thing instead of just trusting that God will take care of everything. And that makes us guilty on two counts. One, we don't trust God above all things. And two, we go against God's will and sin. Abraham had this confidence that allowed him to keep moving forward even though he had awful turmoil on the inside. Abraham had a confidence that allowed him, even in the most extreme circumstance, and even though things looked all wrong to a human, that allowed him to keep moving forward, trusting that God would do what he said he was going to do. No doubt Abraham fully intended, like God told him to, to kill his child. Last we left Abraham, he had the knife in his hand and was ready to plunge it into his son Isaac. The angel of the Lord called to him from heaven. Abraham, Abraham. Abraham said, I am here. He said, do not lay your hand on the boy. Do not do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. This dramatic conclusion shows us how we can fear, love, and trust in God above all things. God wasn't going to go out back on his promise to send the Savior of the world through Isaac's family. 
This whole thing happened in order to strengthen Abraham's faith. God wanted to strengthen Abraham's faith to give him an even stronger ability to fight against his sinful nature, to fight against temptation and obey God no matter what it is that he had to faith. He wanted to grow his faith bolder and stronger by teaching him to fight against the devil, the unbelieving world, and his own sinful flesh. He wanted him to cling to God's promises no matter how difficult it looked. And not only was Isaac's life spared, but on that mountain, God provided a substitute. Abraham looked around and saw that behind him there was a ram caught in the thicket by its horns. Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. Abraham called the name of that place, the Lord will provide. So it is said to this day, on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. You see, the entire time Abraham was making his way to that mountain, he had to be thinking of the promises God made him concerning Isaac. That Isaac was his ch child that he promised would come. That through Isaac, the Savior of the world would come. His Savior. And as he consecrated on those gospel promises of God, the Holy Spirit worked inside of him to strengthen his faith and give him the spiritual energy he needed to keep on moving forward. The Lord provided everything that was needed. In our culture, we've got a problem with people not wanting to take care of their families. You'll have someone who leaves their significant other, leaves their spouse and kids behind, and just leaves them to try to figure out how to take care of things and then just go off on their own. We even have a name for fathers who do that, right? We call them deadbeat dads. Well, our Heavenly Father is the complete opposite of a deadbeat dad. He provides us with absolutely everything we need. Just like he provided a substitute on that mountain for Isaac, he's provided a substitute for you and me. Yes, he sent the Lamb of God to take away the sins of the world, to take away our sins. And as Jesus made his way up the hill towards Golgotha, God gave him the strength. His father gave him the strength to do what seemed unbearable, to bear the sins of the entire world. And because Jesus, that lamb, was sacrificed on the altar of the cross, every one of our sins are paid for. All the times that we didn't trust God, all the times that we did the opposite of God's will because we thought that was somehow better, they've all been completely forgiven. And not only has Jesus taken our sins away, but he sent us his Holy Spirit to create saving faith inside of our hearts. God's powerful promises created faith in our hearts that were once dead and cold by nature. That's the power of God's promises. And that's what the power of his love does. So is it really possible for people like you and me to show the same kind of striking obedience that Abraham did? Absolutely. Because God provides everything we need. He provides what we need through the gospel in word and sacrament. See, in baptism, God made you his child wrote his name on you, marked you as his own, gave you saving faith and gave you the ability to serve him. And as we think about our baptisms, we remember what God gave us here because those gifts still apply. Forgiveness, new life, and salvation. And that strengthens us. Through the gospel and God's word, he continues to make these promises and renews those promises again and again. And he strengthens our faith through the Lord's Supper. 
He gives us his forgiveness and makes our faith even stronger. You see, that's what this account really is all about. How God's powerful promises build up a person's faith and give them the ability to obey God in return, even in the most difficult of circumstances. Brothers and sisters, the Lord has provided the means for our faith to grow to a faith like Abraham's. And he's provided that through his word, baptism, and the Lord's Supper. Be faithful in the use of those faith-building tools and watch how you grow stronger in your faith, stronger in trusting God's promises. And you have a greater ability to fight temptation and follow God's will, even when obeying God is the hardest thing to do. The Lord has provided and continues to provide everything we need for our bodies and our souls. The way might look dark. You might not be able to see or figure out a solution. But one thing never changes. The Lord will provide. 